Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex. And of course, I'm here with host number dose, Mr. KC Clap. Hello, everyone. KC, we got some exciting news from our friend Tobin yes, this morning. Do, we did. Can we can we reveal what's happening on this podcast? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, might as well. I, do you think he has a problem with that? No, I don't think so. Wow, actually, I just finished reading the message. Sounds great. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Well, Tobin, our friend Tobin is starting a podcast. Yes, which is going to be a lovely show, and I cannot recommend it enough. I'm rather, I guess I can't recommend it right now. It hasn't come out, but I'm excited about it. Sure. So I'm excited to recommend it early. Yes, it's a show about trees. Well, a really exciting part, Casey, is that you were you were interviewed for Tobin. This is Tobin Jews Love Trees. Yes, exactly. Uh, Tobin Binnick, the... Yeah, and uh, you were interviewed for his show, and, and we're excited to hear you on there. Yeah, it's going to come out, I think, uh, in the next, I think, next week, on third, on the 21st. Oh, wow, that's a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, it's my birthday. How about that, Casey? Yeah. So, anyway, look Perfect synergy. It really the, is, and really um, is. And he, he just locked a guest on his podcast that we are... Uh, we had we had mixed reactions to. We're well, very excited f- for him, but also we were a little uh, uh, what's the word? I mean, not jealous, but incredulous. Like, maybe a little, maybe yeah. a touch because of our personal experience with this guest, which is that he's paid us zero money for all of our <laughs> endorsements. We're very upset. It's David Allen Sibley. Yeah, so we'll see. He, uh, he he's been in communication, so who knows? We'll see if maybe we can do something with him. Yeah, I mean, we got to get Tobin, who is officially emailing with David. Yeah, to say David. Drop what you're doing and email back completely arbitrary. Stop emailing me. Who <laughs> are these guys? Oh yeah, this will be great. It's like a it's like a sting operation. Like David Allen Sibley shows up to the webs <laughs> to the Zoom call, <laughs> yeah. and it's you and me. Hi, wearing Tobin masks. David, <laughs> our voices have modulation on it. Yeah, you're now going to be recording an episode of Completely Arbitrary. We got you now. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great. Well, speaking of, uh, uh, well, good luck to Tobin out there. <laughs> good luck to all the Tobins out there. Yep. We're really excited for him. He's a good friend of ours. He's a lovely man, and he deserves all the uh, all the all the uh, success 
that his intellect and humor will eventually bring him. That's very true. I shouldn't say eventually. He's it's plenty successful now. He's already, it's already happened. The guy wrote a book. Oh, my God. Someday he might find success. <laughs> uh, Casey, we have got a great tree to talk about today. You know what I want to call it before we go too far? What do you want to call it? Sweet name. I've heard this, Casey. I love that so much better yes. than uh, curry leaf tree. Yeah, the other the other common name is curry leaf tree. Yeah. Uh, sweet neem would also be good for us because last week we talked about neem proper. Pro- correct. Uh, vanilla neem, which is... Uh, <laughs> now, don't be confused. Margosa. <laughs> that, is, that is in uh, contrast to kinky neem. No, no. <laughs> But it does not taste like vanilla. It's like we can't we can't put these in these these, these words together because they have too many meanings that are too accurate. I use vanilla meme as a meme meme. I use vanilla in terms of uh, World of Warcraft, like the original before oh, all of the variations. I see. Right? Not in not in terms of like oh you're so vanilla. Right. Not in terms of boring like, sex. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. You never know, Casey. That's right. Today we are talking. The curry leaf tree, or the sweet neem, as you called it. It's right, Muriana coenigii. A very interesting scientific name. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about food as medicine. We're going to be talking about Indian cuisine. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about, and I'm putting this in quotes, curry. Oh, I noticed you put that in quotes, Alex. That's right. Huh. And I can't wait to tell you why. I can't wait to hear. In fact, you did not tell me why before we started this. That's right. This is going to be new to everyone. This is all going to be live. Except like Indians. (laughs) Except for, (laughs) you know, one seventh of the world. (laughs) (laughs) But we got to talk about all of it after a break. We will be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we are talking the curry leaf tree, a.k.a. the sweet neem tree. That's right. A.k.a. Mm. scientific name? Mariana Koenigii. Mariana Koenigii. Yes, which is, as I'm sure you're about to guess, the worst possible name you could ever come up with. I prefer to call it by its, uh, by its um, Jewish name, Murray Koenig. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that'd be right. <laughs> Murray. Hi, I'm Murray Koenig. <laughs> I just want to be inside of your curry. <laughs> I just want to be inside. <laughs> 
I love that. Oh, Casey. <laughs> it's a Jewish name, which is just take all the Latin away and it becomes just Murray yep. Koenig. It does sound like a very Jewish scientific name. Yeah, it really does. It's I. It's named after these two guys, Murray and Koenig, and yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the tree. It's just, it's again, one of those frustrating things that you're just shaking your head about. Uh, well, Casey, let's imagine that you and I are walking through the subtropical slash tropical subcontinent of India. I am so happy you asked, Alex. And <laughs> we come across some of these curry leaf trees, so-called. Also say sweet name. Yes, yes I, yes. I would like to land on one, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you, I, I say we land on sweet name, personally. Well. Mostly so I can have the exclamation, sweet name. <laughs> I love that, which mm-hmm. now might be the uh, the episode title. Right. But I also love curry leaf tree because it has to do with my big my big reveal at the end of this episode. Which is, which is very true. Now, in Hindi, it's katipata. Yes. So there's also that. Yes. Okay, let's go with sweet It's just name. the most fun. Sorry, everyone who is like really looking forward to listening to us yeah. you know, say Hindi words this whole time. <gasps> sweet name. Yeah, Batman. <laughs> anyway. Casey, let's ID this tree. All right. Now, this is in the Rue family. You'll recognize the Rue family because you will recognize citrus as being in the Rue family, Rutaceae. Oh, R-U-E? Yes, that's okay. exactly right. Now, uh, that is a family of a lot of big, nice tropical trees. But before we go too far, I just remembered something that's been just bugging me. Oh, wow. Why do we keep calling India a subcontinent? We've talked about this. We have? In fact, we talked about it two episodes ago, no, I think. No, we did not. Yes, we did. We, just, we talked about it as like the fact that it is this 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 what used to be its own big island continent yes. not smashed into Asia. That's why we call it a subcontinent. We need to stop doing that. <laughs> it's been oh 37 million years. So why don't why don't why don't we just refer to Africa and South America right. as as like half continents, you know? <laughs> like I just I get it. I understand where it comes yeah. from, but it is just so far not a subcontinent. Like I mean, you could also say sub as in below. Like it's it's yeah, at the bottom of the continent. I guess that's fine. It's also like Europe, where Europe is its own continent for strictly very silly. just nepotism. Yeah. Like it I just it's it's uh, they're all one giant landmass. Is there anything more Western centric than calling Europe its own continent? <laughs> no, there is not. <laughs> there absolutely is not. Yeah. So this is in the Rue family, which yes. shares shares familial ties with all citrus. Yes, exactly. All right, exciting. Now, as you also are aware, that usually is because of the fruit and or the flower, the sexual parts of plants. Yes. How we separate them out. When you look at this flower, you'll be like, oh, dang, yeah, that looks quite similar to what you'd expect to see from a citrus plant. They're kind of small, white. Yeah. Uh, f- is it five-petaled? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And, and sort of, it has like, I would say, in terms of flowers, it has very... Uh, deep lobes or maybe just very narrow petals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a better way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're not, the petals aren't like overlapping like a rose yeah. or like a dahlia and or whatever. they're not fused together. They're yeah. very much singular entities. Yes, yeah. they look like little bees' wings. Yeah, they're really gorgeous. They apparently smell quite delightful. I, unfortunately, to my chagrin, have not been able to experience this tree in my own world, though I have 
found out I very much can, and I would like to. Can how? Well, it is tropical and subtropical. Can how? Oh, my. But it is, uh, you can just buy it. You can put it in a pot. You can keep it in your yard. You put it in during the wintertime, take it back out. How about that? It's essentially a houseplant in waiting, and people do this all the time. I would love to have a curry leaf tree in my home. Yeah, I think you would too. You can have curry and coffee, which I think would be kind of fun. Even though mm. I don't know if this coffee plant's going to ever make any, um, you know, traditional coffee berries. True. Yeah. I think it's it's too stunted. It's going through a really hard time. It is. It's having a hard day. And asking it to grow coffee is like is like after you have a family <laughs> tragedy and somebody's like, "So when are you going back to work?" You're yeah. like, that's the last thing on my mind. Quickly, could you run a marathon? <laughs> I just we just need one more body out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, you say that maybe I could have curry. Yeah. And I am gonna I'm gonna rub my chin and oh, say, Oh, yeah. You're right. Okay. Can I? Oh shoot. Okay. But that comes later. Well, we'll we'll finish talking about what people would use if they were making a curry with this plant because it has nothing to do with the little white flowers that are in these big uh, these big panicles these big cymes yeah. you know ends of the uh, the branches you have these big poof white flowers that come out in these big groups those then turn into these adorable small black droops that are very shiny and apparently have a very sweet flavor to the oh. flesh but the seed itself is probably toxic so just don't don't worry about that. I'll say that the seed or the, the fruit itself looks a little toxic. Yes, right? But apparently it's very good. Tastes very nice. Interesting. Very sweet. Now, um, we are calling this the sweet neem tree, but it is not in any way related to the other neem that we talked about just last week in a different family. That one is in Meliaceae. Mm. So this tree, you can tell the difference between because it has pinnately compound leaves that are alternately arranged and if you remember the margosa has oppositely arranged leaves. precisely mm. and that is your quickest way to tell them apart also of go. course uh one has very nice sweet smelling uh and sweet tasting fruit mm -hmm. the other's fruit is very bitter and awful and you'd squeeze it to get this nice uh, uh oil out of it the yeah. oil of course smells and tastes uh, not quite nice <laughs> So uh, these leaves, they generally have 11 to 21 leaflets is what I've read. And essentially what that means is they have pairs along the side of these pinnately compound leaves and then one central oh. leaflet right at the very end. Is that a terminate leaf? That would be a terminal leaflet. Oh, oh, yes. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I think that'd be fair. Terminal, now, not terminate. Exactly, because some plants actually don't have a terminal one. They actually just have pear, 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 done. Little nub at the end. Yeah, exactly. It's just, a, it just looks like it's lost its top. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing, the final bit, I know this kind of feels like we're doing this backwards, but I like this as a reveal. Hmm. This is like not usually a traditional sized tree. Now, I'm glad you're talking about this. I was I was expecting that you would notice. Uh, it's a little shrub like, Casey. Yeah, it's a it's a ooh, oh, it's a little uh shrubby. <laughs> How dare we? Yeah, I know, but I you know, so I've thought about this. We've we've talked about a lot of things that we consider trees and what we don't consider trees and this I decided to call a tree because of almost a very specific reason. I went back and forth, and I was like, you know what? Wow. They, they call it a tree. In the vernacular, it is described as a tree. 
okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with that. That's right. gonna be one one reason to push it towards that category. Right? Like in its common name, curry leaf tree is yeah. the, its entire name. Exactly. Yeah. So if the vernacular of the people who use it say, "Yeah, this is a tree," I'm gonna be like, "Hey, hey cool, it's a tree. Whatever. Right. I'm going with you." Otherwise. This tree, if you just leave it alone, it will actually grow taller than other plants that we've covered. Wow. Like, you know, 25, 30 feet. Like, it's not huge by any definition. But that is is a tree. That'll get you there. Uh And it actually will grow that way if you just kind of leave it alone. It may grow a couple other sprouts and stems, but... The vine maple will do that, very often considered a tree. The Japanese maple, same thing. Or hazelnuts all grow in the same way. Many multiple stems coming up. They may get 15, 20 feet tall, but very rarely do. So Mm. you kind of like, where are we going to go? Do we really want to draw a line arbitrarily here for no good reason while everyone else in the world just says, yeah, this is a tree? No, you don't want to do that. Arbitrary is our middle name. Exactly. It's what we do. So we've, we've landed on calling it a tree, clearly. Yes. And uh, it actually generally stays not tree-like and is kept as a shrub hmm. for a very specific reason. I bet I know why. Why? Harvesting. Yes. As you would expect, many humans are not 15 to 20 feet tall. <laughs> Many. Many are not. I don't want to say how many are, but uh-huh. let's just keep that on down low. <laughs> so, yeah, if you are collecting uh, the curry leaves from this curry leaf tree, uh-huh. you are going to be putting them in curries. I have the quotes now, too, yep. just because I don't want to be wrong in the future. I will you know? say putting them in should also be in quotes. Oh, God. Okay. Well, now everything <laughs> is... I have no idea where this is going. Regardless, if you use <clears throat> these leaves in any culinary dish, there you, go. you would want to... Of course, pick them at a height that's reasonable for you. Uh-huh. So uh, the other thing is they don't put on new leaves um, lower down. So they will tend not to mm. sprout. If you just let them grow and you pull off some of their leaves, then they'll just put new leaves up the way trees do at the top where their growing tip is. So it'll grow up, put out a leaf, 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 so on and so forth. Uh-huh. And it doesn't necessarily put out new sprouts from the lower sections of the trunk. Okay. If you prune off the top or you clip it down or you cause some amount of uh, reduction in the stem, it will then put out new shoots from underneath that pruning cut and then it'll maintain itself as this low bushy shrub. So I think a lot of people understand it as a low bushy shrub because if you just use it and you're constantly taking bits away from it, management keeps them low i see but if you just let it grow in its natural environment just doing its thing you're not using it for culinary Mm. purposes i think it will get up to be a reasonably sized small tree i i Mm. see okay so it's in in the bush category is like well that's it humans make it a shrub i think so for more often than not okay yes but in its heart deep down it is a tree it is a tree but i think uh i think it likes to i think it likes to keep both feet on either side Mm, of that line clever because it's obviously good at living that way anyway yeah but that's kind of a little bit of what i wanted to talk about today is which came first we call this the curry leaf tree many people say really it's you know you should really call it a shrub we manage it low, so we have this perception of how this tree grows. When it doesn't necessarily naturally grow that way, that's just how we always see it because that's how we always interact with it. Mm. Same thing as with the arborvita. Many people are like, you know, arborvita doesn't actually grow the way most people expect. 
That is a variety. Right. That's how we mostly interact with it. You could think of 10,000 different examples, but it just goes to show that how people uh, manage their trees and how their uh, interactions with them, how they manifest in terms of our understanding and perceptions of that tree. Interesting. So we see a tree and we interact with it as a tree. We see a shrub, we interact with it as a shrub. Right. We may never know that if you just leave that shrub, it will grow into a tree. And if you just prune on that tree, it will stay a shrub. Interesting. Kind of fun. Now, just to end it, uh, because it stays as a shrub bark, it's really not important. Uh, uh, every now and then you'll see it. It kind of looks a little bit tree of heaven-like, in my opinion. Oh, no. Nothing too exciting. Uh, very smooth. A little bit of uh, chips in it here and there kind of mm. stuff. Nothing too great. But, again, most of the time it stays very small, so the bark doesn't become a real big, important aspect of it. Sure. So I guess I've never thought about that. Like, bark uh, needs time to mature. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, and even, you know, small trees will mature and develop a unique bark. Lilacs are a great example that gets mm. very shaggy mm. but oftentimes we just don't see them getting that large for Interesting. you know whatever reason but that's our tree if you're walking around in india you're probably going to find this tree almost everywhere also there's now apparently many plantations down in australia but it's a tropical subtropical tree so you're not going to find it growing everywhere only in these nice certain belts and very likely around where people are living who are using it culinarily because it is, oh my God, one of the most important culinary trees out there. I have read some things that say this is the most important culinary tree wow. in India. That's amazing. I've never been to India and I have not asked so far what an Indian person's perspective is on this. Mm -hmm. So if you are in any of those categories, please let us know. There you have it. So uh, I think this is a tree that you would uh, be happy to find, especially because even if you just like brush up next to it or you kind of like break one of the, the leaves, you mm. crush it a little bit, it apparently is so fragrant mm. right off the bat, just like the neem, which is one of those things that you can find consistently through almost every culture, every tree that has some amount of either real and actual use where someone says yes that tree does this mm -hmm. or it's a tree that has some kind of perceived very good use historically if this tree like had some weird thing to it some intense smell or odor or something like that yeah it was usually in the culture that it grew up with the culture would be like oh that tree is really important it has these certain qualities that you know give you this give you that so it's kind of upgraded on the medicinal scale does that make sense yeah that is interesting i thought about this before of like you know it's almost like an attention grabber yeah like a hook like totally hey look at this i'm to you i smell really really strong did you know that i can do all of these things oh and it makes me wonder how many plants or trees out there have we just not experimented with because they don't have any particular big grabby smell or, or taste, you know? Interesting. But they could be hidden gems. They could be uh, medicinal wonder plants. We just yeah. don't know. See, I also think that because I just don't know if we've asked the right people who have done that kind of test, you know? Oh, sure. Where, it, or, you know, we've just completely annihilated them so we never asked yeah. the questions beforehand. So back to our tree at hand. It is a tree that is kind of stunning to me. Wow. Because I kind of like, you know, researched into it and I was like, okay, what, what exactly is going on? And this is a tree that has realms of influence 
very much in India for sure, mm-hmm. but also in all the cultures that border India, yeah, and all the cultures that border them as the the kind of ingredient which is the leaf of this plant very mostly has sort of diffused out either agriculturally speaking where we would start to plant it elsewhere and use it in different foods but as you get it further away the food systems kind of change and i'll give you an example okay um the empire made by alexander the great uh covered the space from greece from macedon macedonia excuse me to india right there like wow literally that entire section he did it all before he was 30 blah 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 grain anyway i haven't done anything no but you know what you know what the difference is mm. uh he inherited a spectacular machine from his dad so he's don't 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 uh, don't give him that much credit machine. yes yeah a war machine sorry the so alexander had this base from greece to India, mm. which when you consider it, you look on a map, you're like, well, actually, that's kind of, kind of, I can see how that works. But there is no, again, there is no gigantic thing like an ocean that separates the two. Sure. So someone could carry this leaf all the way across, and it's used in all these different cuisines this entire time. Mm-hmm. But they use it a little bit differently. But I think that the reason I think this tree has garnered the attention that it has, you can Google things, and it is like so popular. Everyone's like, 10 things you didn't know about this tree, 10 things over here, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, yeah. it is a pop culture phenomenon. Definitely. It's, it's not, and not even just like culinarily. I just feel like anybody, anybody who even is familiar with food, which is, I eat all of us. Yeah. It knows that like the curry leaf is like an ingredient. Exactly. Especially if they're trying to make like a really good, um, like authentic kind of meal. Yeah. You know, like I have a good friend who uh, puts together his own curries. And so he like has his, a greenhouse that he grows all these certain plants. Wow. In, and he's like, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think you got to introduce me to this guy. I will as well. His name's Thomas. Shout out Thomas. Van oh, I know Thomas. Yeah, he's the person I do all my crazy bike things. Yeah. With. Yeah. So, uh, but I was reading through and I was just kind of stunned about all the different health things that come along with this tree. Please tell me some. Well, it has a lot of properties and uh, compounds inside of it that are very good for us. So one example is vitamin C. It's got a lot of vitamin C in it. So it'll help A, get rid of scurvy if you have it. It will also help uh, with antibacterial, anti-inflammatory properties. Mm. So if you eat it, then it will help to calm inflammation. It adds flavor to everything, which again, this goes back to um, the interactions we have. Does the culture create the tree and the shrub, i.e. we prune it and keep it into a shrub? Or is it a shrub and then we just kind of use it and the, the, the tree informs the culture so now we grow this shrub everywhere and we use it in everything? Yeah. Kind of happens like this, where it became ubiquitous in almost all these different recipes and each recipe also does things like relieve the symptoms of diarrhea or help with digestion. It helps protect you against heart disease because it has, uh, in, or it's an antioxidant. Mm. So it has all these little tiny things in like certain proportions that work very well for our body as something that we ingest, which I should contrast against neem, where neem you get often put on your skin as a treatment or on your plants. Something like that. 
this, you're always you're always eating it. It's always right. an ingredient to go within you, and then your body uses that in almost every part of your body. <laughs> like I've read things which. You know, a, a couple of them, I'm like, well, I did, this seems like a bit of a dubious claim. <laughs> but then others are yeah. fairly fairly reasonable. There is one thing that's going to be in our show notes is a uh, scientific article that talks about carbazole alkaloid. I think carbazole, hmm. I think that's how you pronounce carbazole? it. Carbazole, okay. It might be carbazole alkaloid. What is that? So it is a compound in the leaves of our tree, Muriana conigii, mm-hmm. and it has wild amounts of different things that it does in terms of pharmacological activity. Hmm. So it does things that are helping you remain healthy. It does things like give you what I was just talking about, a lot of vitamin C. It has anti-cancer activity wow. going on, antifungal, antibacterial, antiprotozoal, which is something else that I'd never really thought too much about. So it, if those other organisms are getting into you and causing you trouble, it will help with that. Mm, okay. It will help with anti-inflammation. It has vitamin C in it. Wow. It helps reduce blood pressure. It relieves cholesterol. And on top of this, it's involved in Ayurveda, which is what we talked about last week. And this is my favorite part. It balances all the doshas. Oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that great? We finally found it. The dosha balancer. The, yeah. one, the one that will bring harmony <laughs> to the force. It is your curry leaf plant your sweet name baby your what your sweet name oh i thought you said something completely different oh sorry uh interesting wow okay this is sort of a i mean god case you just kind of blew my mind i was sitting there in wonder yeah in fact it's also here's the thing that i i really love i found an article that said in ayurveda it's believed that the katipada which is the hindi name for this Mm -hmm. has a mild laxative property Mm. but it also helps relieve diarrhea. Yeah. Because it helps reduce inflammation. Okay. So it does a little bit on both ends. Yeah. In a literal and figurative <laughs> sense. <laughs> so you'll be uh, at, at one end, it's like, all right, hey, let's move it through. Come on, let's yeah, get going. Yeah, and the yeah. other end says, hey, slow it down, relax. Right. Let's just take this one step at a time. The train's moving, though, so we're just going to let this go at the right speed. It's part corralling the people, and then the other part is getting them all in single-file line. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's stunning. So it does all that, and, of course, it's also, as I was talking about before, it has a very important place in Unani medicine, which is kind of in the Arabian Peninsula area. Unani, okay. Yeah, it's another traditional kind of uh, medicine tradition uh-huh. I, I don't know if i can use tradition <laughs> to define uh, I think, traditional. <laughs> i think that's perfectly fine okay system i've also heard like yeah. a traditional medicine system there you go that's a better i think descriptor yeah. and so i would be willing to bet if you go further east from india you're also going to find it over there oh, yeah. in the southeast asian cultures in their food as well doing the same exact stuff big time wow exactly and just to end this with a nice little alexander the great uh you know Ooh. a little callback can't wait the Unani medicine tradition has basis that, or at least has a lot of influence from ancient Greek culture and people like Hippocrates. You're familiar? Uh, I know. Uh, hey, you've tried the oath. 
<laughs> now get the curry. <laughs> exactly. So that is um, what the Hippocratic Oath yeah. is. Uh, it's like what the base fundamental oath that you have to take as a doctor don't, before don't, you're knighted or whatever. Yeah, don't purposefully hurt your patients. Exactly. You are always doing this for the good of your patient. You must do that. Okay. So he was a uh, essentially like one of the first doctor kind of people who started writing things down mm-hmm. and started keeping track of what medicines were being used in his culture. Of course, everyone else was using a thousand different things as medicines in their culture. As we already said, food is medicine. This is the perfect example Hmm. of that. But why Hippocrates gets this is because they wrote it down. Then the Romans were like, oh, Greeks, whatever. And then they didn't really care about it. A couple hundred years later, we had this enlightenment in quotes on the, uh, on the, in the Europe, in places and they said oh what were these what were these greeks talking about and then they went down to greece and read all these things like wow these guys were like really ahead of their time you know how people all the time say things about uh, the dark ages and yeah so now everyone's like that's the most ridiculous thing so eurocentric because maybe europe was in the dark ages ah who was it at the time that was like moving medicine and science forward like mostly that would have been in the same realm india Yes, and also the Arabs. Ah, so, oh, the realm of, uh, geographically. Yes, excuse me. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, so this this medicine, this traditional medicine, uh, when Europe was in its darkest age, yeah. they were just blossoming <laughs> into this other thing. Interesting. So, yeah, so it all kind of comes back about how these cultures have mixed, and because we have this centricism over on this western side mm. of this giant one singular continent. We are now, uh, like, you, you can see how, okay, when the wheels fall off of your cart over there, they're still going just fine over here. Yeah. And then we develop these things, and now, Hippocrates, all of that stuff is now Western science as well, but it has the same basic kind of traditional start that we have in all of the other Eastern traditional medicines as well, at least certainly the India and Arabian kind of varieties. I cannot speak for medicine systems further to the East Mm -hmm. because I don't know how much they used this particular plant. Interesting. But like I said, I'm sure they had some. Wow, Casey. Can I I just say, uh, yeah, it's fucking... Drink some water. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take a literal chill pill. <laughs> um, I there's only one thing I don't like about Hippocrates, and that's you know he would tell you to do one thing, but he, oh, would, he, he would do another. Yeah, he always would. Yeah, yeah he was a real hypocrite. Wow. <laughs> All right, Casey. Um, so I would like to just paint a big asterisk on all this. Uh, what? What? And tell you a little, a little, a Alex. little bit about. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't just put an asterisk. <laughs> I put an asterisk on your life. All of my work. <laughs> How could you? No, not at all. It's Hi, everyone. Too... This, is, uh, this is Casey. Oh, there's an asterisk. <laughs> so you know. Hosted by Casey Clapp, asterisk, and Alex Trosen. <laughs> so, Casey, as you know, I am... Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of good food. Mm-hmm. I like to explore food and uh, and try new foods. And I'm a and I'm a big culinary head. I refuse to call myself a foodie because it's the most cringy <laughs> shit ever. And so you choose culinary head. Yeah, I'm a bit of a culinary head. Huh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna a bit just, of a food dude. I'm just Let's, gonna stick with that. I'm I gonna, like food, dude. Yeah. Casey, we decided to talk about the curry leaf tree. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that sounds exciting. I'm gonna do some research for that. And talk about curry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe the history of, maybe like regional differences, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But this is like somebody saying, oh, I, I'm a, 
I think that frog is pretty cool. I'm going to get a master's degree in um, biology, right? Okay. And it's like, well, there's a lot more to biology than just that frog. Just that frog right there. And you start opening books and you're like, oh, there's more than a frog. Oh, there's, (laughs) oh, okay, there's all these ones. Oh, then there's mammal. Oh, but wait, biology just means life. Oh, there's a lot of different kinds of life. Oh, and how they all work together. Oh, and there's different life forms if you go to different places. So... I have scratched the surface. I was like, no, you went to all these different places. <laughs> so I was researching curry, and now I need to talk to you about protozoan life forms. <laughs> I've just barely scratched the surface, and the the more, the deeper I got, the the more I realized that I was not, I was just still in the shallow end. Oh, man. Um, but here's the big thing. Curry powder. Yes. Is A, not Indian. Aha. Uh-huh. B, does not contain leaves from the curry leaf tree. What? I thought it at least had that. No, okay, I have to admit, I did know that it is not Indian. That curry powder is British. Yes, and the reason I knew that is because it was all over British things whenever I I was there in London for like four days Mm. one time. And like curry powder was like a very, it was always there. And they're like, yeah, we use curry powder in this. I'm like... Is this like traditional English food? Why is there curry powder in <laughs> I it? I know. You'll see like fish and chips with curry powder in the uh, batter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a lot of times. So, yes, curry powder, not Indian, does not contain curry leaves. Curry powder is a spice blend Yeah. of British origin, and it's based sort of based on a masala, Mm, which is an mm. Indian, traditional Indian spice blend. Now, in and masala is like lowercase. That's generic where yes. there's different sorts and types, Yes. Right? Uh, a masala is just a spice blend. Gotcha. There yeah. are many, many types of masalas. As many as, many as there are, you know, this is, this is sort of a, a sweeping generalization, but as many masalas as there are like households. Oh, right? yeah, because like each person makes their own sort. Maybe each region has their own kind of flavors they yes. add in. There are regional differences and then there are, it gets so granular that you're talking about like my mom's masala yeah. for this dish oh. is different than your mom's masala for that same dish. Gotcha. And now that also is going to change during times of year. Yes, of oh, course. Oh, God. This um, is, yeah. I, I see how you're like, well, I'm, I'm only in the shallow end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, curry powder is British. Yeah. Masala is what curry powder is sort of based on, but it's like British eyes for British tastes. Mm-hmm. Mo- most specifically the the uh, exclusion of chili. Oh. Um, oh, the... That's so British. No offense, know, right? but that's so British. Well, yeah. Hi, we want everything except take away the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. No spice, please. Yeah. Could we turn that right into <laughs> just, just beans and cabbage? <laughs> That's <laughs> maybe a sausage in there. Um, so, well, Casey, <laughs> garam masala. Well, you can't even do it. You have currywurst, don't you? That's a sausage with curry right, powder. Casey. Oh, All right, Alex, I'm wow. sorry I interrupted you. Continue. See what I mean about this scratching the surface? So, Casey, uh, garam masala is yeah. probably the most popular, well-known masala mm-hmm. spice blend. Yep. Um, also does not contain curry leaf. What? Yes. So, curry leaves from the curry tree have nothing to do with what you and I call curry and in fact, curry is sort of seen from some some resources I've found, sort of seen as an offensive term. Oh, no. Because it is a British pronunci- or is it a British pronunciation and spelling of a Tamil like 
Indian term. Yeah. Um, that is a catch-all for, quote, Indian food. Any really? Indian food that contains a gravy. So, like, dal and curries and... Yeah. Um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I was gonna say there's there's like all sorts of di- different kinds of this. Oh yes. Okay. So yeah, that I think I think there's this sort of a British person will say like yeah let's get a curry. They might mean let's just go to an Indian oh. a British Indian restaurant. So I might equate it to like crunchy hard shell tacos like American tacos. <laughs> you know, in the '90s we'd say let's have taco night, and it's like not even close to a traditional Mexican taco. Yeah, I see. Okay. Um, of course, still delicious, but uh, not authentic. Um, but just wow. synonymous with Indian food in quotes. Gotcha. Um, so if you went to India and yeah. you asked for a curry, they would they would just like hold the pad and look at you, waiting for more information. <laughs> I had, uh, wow. I at least thought that that was a reasonable term. Well, a curry is a is a, a sort of a category of dish. Uh-huh. Yeah, cuz I also like really have always thought that you have to add Indian to Indian curry because I have actually assumed curry as something that is more of a Thai kind of thing. Well, there is Thai curry, there is Guyanese curry, there is Japanese curry. Oh my god! I'm sure, there's Korean curry. I'm sure there's. Uh, this is a little much for me, Alex. <laughs> Filipino curry. So you're saying that these? I mean, I guess I. So I, my brain knows this. Like my brain is like, yeah, of course there is, but my brain is also like, yeah, those must be completely different. Yeah. So it's just like a generic term for like gravy. Well, curry <laughs> is a, the English word based on the Tamil word curry, K A R I, which means sauce. Gotcha. So any any of these Indian dishes that has like uh, uh, some sort of sauce or gravy. Yeah. Um, I yeah. really want to be, I, I want to go for breakfast tomorrow and be like, hi, can I get some, uh, you know what? I'd love your uh, biscuits and curry. Can I get your biscuits <laughs> and curry, please? Yeah, that sounds yeah, pretty Yeah, American good. sausage would be fine. <laughs> um, so curry leaves are not used in curries unless they are and then you're talking southern indian cuisines casey Jeez. um but even then as far as i know they're used as a whole leaf and the way that you and i might put like sp- a big bunch of spinach in like uh-huh. a scramble right at the very end right yeah. or um flavored with bay leaves you know like uh-huh. put this bay leaf in and let it simmer let dudes think. do that with curry leaves and they, you know, the dish will kind of get the essence. Yeah. Because the curry leaf is a very strong, very specific taste. Yes. I have heard you want to do it as fresh as possible. Yes. If you dry it out, it'll still be there, but like way, way mellow. Yeah. Like almost non-existent, almost like pointless. And also nothing I could find points at what the curry leaf actually tastes like. It's it's always, it always yeah. said over several things. It's unlike anything you've ever tried, or it's it's its own unique thing. It you always can, adds flavor. Yes, you know. Um, I, but I would assume because it's in the Rue family that potentially it has a bit of a citrusy kind yeah, of taste. Yeah, that that would be my assumption as well. And I have also heard that you would put it in often at the very very beginning. So you would put in some oil and you put in some onions and then you'd put that in. So yeah. it immediately starts to go. Then you add the rest of your your ingredients, so it yeah. starts to really get going. Exactly. Yeah, huh. a lot of Indian dishes. Start Start with the oil. Yeah. 
and then you you basically fry your seasonings. Yeah, yeah. And then you add all the other stuff. She's wild. I have made some curries, uh, Indian curries, I should say, very specifically. Mm. Uh, myself, it's one of my favorite dishes that I've learned to make this last year. Wow. And it has been just delight. But as I began this whole thing, it turns out I could be adding this leaf to it every single time. That's right. I just don't even know where to go buy one. So I need to go figure oh. that out. You need to go to the Indian market, my friend. There's an Indian market here? Of course, there are um, many. Well, I have had no idea. <laughs> One of the most stressful experiences of my life, going to the Indian market. It was <laughs> just sensory overload. Uh, Very yeah. small, lots of people. Okay. Um, so, Casey, I'm going to read you a list of um, uh, two lists here. Okay. One is the traditional, I'm putting that in quotes, cur- uh, ingredients in curry powder. Okay. The other is traditional ingredients in garam masala. Okay. Here's curry powder. Ginger, garlic, fennel, mace, which, as you'll remember, is the outer coating on a nutmeg. That's right. Cumin, coriander, cardamom, cinnamon, cinnamon, and turmeric. That sounds so good. And then garam masala, you're looking at fennel, Indian bay leaves, uh, black and white peppercorn, cloves, cinnamon, cassia bark. Cassia? Do you know about cassia? I do. Cassia is the... Not true cinnamon, isn't that ah, correct? Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's the um, that's the one. But then again, we did talk about what is it, Ceylon, uh, cinnamon or uh, Ceylon cinnamon? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. that that was considered and now scientifically named Cinnamomum verum, which means the true cinnamon. Oh wow! When in our in our cinnamon episode, we specifically noted that it was probably the cassia plant that had been traded between China and everywhere else for so mm. long. It was only when I think, well, it wasn't the the Dutch, it was then the Portuguese, I think, who got a monopoly in Ceylon and then said, no, 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 this oh my God. is the true spice Some called cinnamon. marketing thing? Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, exactly, it's all it is. So wow. I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. But then again, also, what is truth? today (laughs) okay let's not get into that sorry sorry uh cardamom pods uh cumin coriander red chili powder um so look at that when i say masala that's like a very wide 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 ranging Uh uh-huh uh basically in like ratios of spices and the spices themselves yeah 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 um and like i said the variety comes down to like a household granularity yeah and honestly i just love that that's the way it is i think you can get the same thing in almost every place that has some traditional cooking that goes along with yeah. it. Yeah. And unfortunately, the United States is is not a good place for that, but also one of the best places because we've had such a melting pot of real people from real places who've brought their real traditions over and those traditions are now kind of everywhere. Someone talked about this with Portland a while back. Hmm. They were like Portland is not a pizza city. But then someone else is like it's actually the perfect pizza city because we have no pizza tradition of our own. Yeah. So we just take everybody else's and do it way better than they do. Sorry. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway. Um. So then you, you get this, like um, this, there's a thousand really amazing pizza places you can go to in the city of Portland. None of which is Portland style pizza. Right. Whereas if there is, you know, all these traditional places, even like you're saying amongst the the communities and people who make their different garam masalas, mm-hmm. there's the proportions, the ingredients, the exact things that you put in there from your thing. Oh, this is cassia as opposed to cinnamon verum. Yeah. Fascinating. Isn't that great case? 
Um, so yeah, basically, here's my 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 conclusion, my thesis. Okay, India is fucking huge, uh, with many many regions. All of these regions have a regional cuisine or one or more. Um, all of those regional cuisines have a host of regional dishes. Uh, so curry is one type of dish with countless varieties. And we're talking regional traditions, religion, wow. uh, household preference, personal preference, ingredients, types of oil used, how the ingredients are prepared, protein choices, and how physically how you eat the dish. Wow. Um, so like, like kind of with a, a spoon and rice or like with naan or something like yes, that? Yes, exactly. Okay. Like what, what, type of, what type of bread you use to eat it or what, you know. Do you eat it with your hands or with a utensil? Um, so essentially, there is. I like to. I like to think of it as like I've been playing a lot of Starfield, the new RPG. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so I'm, I've got space on the brain. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it as like there's just a universe of oh, curry. It's even bigger. Yeah. This isn't. A, this isn't a star system. It like you can you can keep you can keep uh, looking deeper and deeper and deeper and finding more specific and hyper regionalized versions of what you and I call like a curry. Oh, you know what? This to me is, it sounds like curries don't exist. Wow. I wouldn't go that far. I think I'm going to go that far. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because you can't, there is no cladistic curry. The very first curry, then all curries came from that curry. Sure, yeah. There, there is millions cladistic. of different things that basically said, yeah, this is a curry. This is, this is how you make a curry. Yeah. And it was like, well, no, 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 no. That is not a curry because that's not related to this curry, which evolved its curriness all by itself. I, I basically, after today, Casey, uh-huh. I now know how little I know. <sighs> Alex. Which is a great place to be. Yeah, we're happy We're happy to have you. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, and my last little thing here. So, right, Casey, when, when, they, when curry powder was named, it was named after the dish, yes. not the thing that's actually in it. Uh-huh. So my question to you is, what came first? Oh, the no. curry, the name of the curry leaf tree or the dish of curry? Huh. You know, I think, Alex, I think that it was... Oh wow! This is a hard one. So okay, let's like walk. Should be playing Jeopardy music. We should or exactly, and then I'm just panicking as it gets you know, longer and longer. <laughs> All right, so so if it is if the name came first, then there should be ten thousand million different kinds of curry powder. You can get a curry powder from this, from that, uh-huh. from there, over here, from there, from that person's house, from that person's house. Of curry powder. Yes. The Britishized curry powder. Yes, exactly. Okay. Not masalas. Not masalas, yeah. But I get, okay, our, hmm. <laughs> Something to think on, this maybe, for the future. All right. It's like a philosophical brain Which teaser. Came you know, first? you find a man hanging in a barn, there's nothing underneath him. Well, he stood on a block of ice. <laughs> what remember that no all right so there you go case honestly now i just want to go get some paneer i'm absolutely after all this research i'm absolutely having indian tonight (laughs) yes we did it (laughs) and we encourage you dear fungal associate to go get some indian food and how about this casey i'm gonna try something i've not tried before what is that i don't know yet Oh, but I, oh, I, I see, usually get the I same see. thing from the place I <laughs> from the place I order Indian food. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know what I haven't tried yet. So <laughs> I'm going to go figure it out. I've done pretty much everything so far. So anyway, uh, hey, that was our discussion on the curry leaf tree. We got to take a quick break. 
When we get back, we're going to review it and then take a listener question. We will be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the curry leaf tree. Casey. Alex, as I'm is, ready. As is customary, as is traditional, mm, I will say, here mm-hmm, at Completely Arbitrary. Mm-hmm. It's time for our review. Here's how it works. We're going to give this... We're going to give our final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 Golden Cones of Honor. Casey, as our resident expert, will begin with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Alex, I love spice. I love spicy things. And when I say spicy, I mean flavorful. Sure. I do not like hot spicy things. Ah. I do not like to be sweating. I do not like my mouth to feel as if it is on fire, though I know in a technical sense it is not. It's just getting chemically burned you know what's interesting casey garam masala in hindi Mm -hmm. means hot spices really but it is not spicy it is not spicy and i think the hot is like ooh, like like super flavorful right well god that is exactly what what i'm into yeah this makes sense because i you know i don't like them well i like them both because uh the uh the traditional or rather i should say untraditional curry powder Mm -hmm. is (laughs) it's also very delicious (laughs) i i would do that and, and and pepper traditional the pepper that you're thinking of when i say pepper because I love that flavor. Like black peppercorn. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so I think that this is actually a very, very interesting uh, thing to come up with because the the one thing I have learned over my time eating things hmm. is that the more you can get that's fresh and real, the better it's going to get. Sure. And I mean, it's like everyone knows this about tomatoes, which is still why I'm stunned and just flabbergasted why you can ever still convince yourself to buy a tomato anywhere is that if you get a tomato that is grown from a garden from Mm -hmm. an organic farm you you name it a farmer's market you eat that tomato it's 10 million times more flavorful and delicious than literally every tomato you've ever had from any supermarket anywhere and i mean that full stop it's true so, unless you get the heirloom tomatoes at like your fancy store, those have good flavor. Yeah, I mean, even even if you don't get those, even those, if you don't get them in the season, yeah, in the proper tomato season, late summer, exactly, they taste like nothing. Yeah, and that's because whether or not they grew in a place where their season never ends, they pick them early, green, and they send them on up here. Yeah. Our food system is so ridiculously unpalatable; it's obscene. Yeah. So. Whenever I have gotten the opportunity to either grow my own stuff, like sage, for instance, is one of my staples, Mm. anything else, you can put that food, put those spices, put that uh, whatever aromatic thing is into your food, and it will blast it off. Second thing, I do not go light. You know, like you read a... a, uh, you make it a big dish. You read the recipe, and the recipe is like, yeah, okay, put a quarter teaspoon of this. I'm like, quarter teaspoon, let's put a tablespoon in, and I just <laughs> go for it. It's like- Oh, it, you're a madman. Oh, yeah. You, you hold up the, the little little teaspoon measuring spoon, uh-huh. and then uh, most of these little spices, they have like uh, you know little tops with holes in it, yeah. so they don't come out in a right. nice fluid-like stream, <laughs> and I just keep doing that over the top of my food. Whatever spills goes into it mm-hmm. until I have a nice little mound on my, my yeah. measuring spoon. So by the end of it, I've like doubled or tripled the amount that I should put in. <laughs> Has yet to go wrong. Wow. 
it just, I want the flavor to be big and right in front of your face. I want everything to have that flavor. What is that? Rice? Add something to it. Don't sure. just make rice and say, here you go, put the flavor on top of the rice. See, nah. you and I are complete opposites on the rice thing. Which is very fair. Although, one day I will teach you and you'll be like, why is this so good? And I'll be like, I didn't flavor anything but the rice. That's it. It's just rice. Flavored rice. Anyway, Alex, we'll talk about this later. Steamed rice has plenty of flavor. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. You're telling me rice doesn't have flavor? Rice, A, shouldn't be steamed. It should be boiled in water. That's the same thing. No. Anyway, I'm not having this argument right now. You know right what now. steamed rice is. I You're know, being complicated. I am not because I kind of assumed maybe it was like an instant rice kind of thing. You think I'm putting steam like in a steamer or rice in a steamer basket and levitating it over water? Yes. <laughs> anyway, I give this tree a very, a very reasonable, but also still an unfortunate. Mm. Uh, that happens. Six point seven. It's getting a low grade because I don't have one in my house right now, and I blame it for not presenting itself. To oh my me. gosh! I believe that is victim blaming, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it to save wow. my own skin here. <laughs> you know what? You heard this it is here your first. problem, you dumb little tree. You did not come to me. Wow. And then it just looks at the ground and looks back up at me, incredulous. And uh, I walk away knowing that I am righteous. This is salacious. Yeah, I know. I'm just being silly with you guys. <laughs> uh, mostly, it actually, I have reduced it to such a score because um, it is not like a big, gorgeous, yeah. large tree. Even any tree that we have to be like... Is it a tree is already doomed in your eyes? Yeah, exactly. And I really excited to try the flavor. And I love the fact that it has all these things in it, which is half the reason I want to try it so much is because I would love to be able to have my food also be explicitly this medicine for me. Mm -hmm. Just like eating spinach. You're not just eating this green thing. You're getting a bunch of other stuff that's right. coming along with it, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on. But it's also a good reason. Buy high quality food. Don't make it so it's pumped full of stuff to make it look like high quality food. Buy something that is high quality food. It's got all the stuff in it already. You'll set yourself on the right path. Strictly because it's a tree podcast, not a high score. 6.7? Yes. If this okay. was a culinary podcast, well, I'd put it up uh, probably in the eights. Well, Casey, the good thing about this podcast is that it's not just a tree podcast. Thank God. It's a podcast about other related topics as well. So because of that, I will now give you my score. We're ready. The curry leaf tree. I was a little disappointed to find out that it had almost nothing to do with actual curry. <laughs> Besides that some regions use it in their cooking. Uh-huh. Um, you know, as a tree, it's kind of so-so. It's more, sh it's more shrub-like. I don't think that's, I don't think that's outrageous to say. We've talked about it. I don't think it is. We've had this discussion. It's more shrub-like than a tree. We've been outright. However... It gives us delicious food. And in my mind, there's almost no better mission a tree can fulfill. <laughs> that is true. Than to grow delicious food. And for that reason, I give the curry leaf tree an 8.5 golden cones of Wow, iron. an yeah. 8.5. Turmeric, turmeric gold, I, I say. This is just, it's incredible. <laughs> you know, turmeric is just like a root, right? Uh, turmeric, yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, uh, it's also... Turmeric also doesn't have a lot of flavor, yeah. But it is true. loved for its uh, color. Yeah, its color mostly because it just gets your spoons to also be that color. And see, cur curry is to a lot of people, or to us at least, curry is synonymous with the color yellow. Yeah, that's not even that has nothing to do with curry. It's turmeric. I'm just 
the things that we sheeple are just accepting. <laughs> we just I mean, it. it is kind of amazing, Casey, the power of uh, colonial groupthink. True. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah. Um, it has spread to America, and then America has spread its culture to so many other places. Yeah. It, it just is, it's, it's one of those weird things. So, I don't know. At least I'm glad you can still go to restaurants who just like shake their head whenever anyone says curry and they're like, yeah, whatever. We'll put it on our menu. Yeah. So that you're not confused, but this is not going to be the curry you're expecting. It does suck. Yeah. Uh, Casey, that was our review and our discussion of the curry leaf tree. We hope you enjoyed it. It is time for a completely arbitrary Q and a, we have a special one today, Casey. What do we have? I say it's special because you and I, we post, uh, we post on our Patreon. We say, put, put your questions here. Yeah. And everybody who is subscribed to our Patreon at this level gets to post a question. From that group of questions, you and I choose a mainline question to answer here on the pot on the free mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. But we also, when we have collected a nice little bounty on those questions, wrong term, uh, uh, we I go like through it. and we answer all of them in a Patreon episode so that everybody can have their question answered. And I mean everybody. <laughs> we made a mistake. And we accidentally skipped one of these questions recently. What? Not just for the Patreon episode it was assigned to, but even the next Q&A episode, we didn't go back and answer it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So to make it up to this person, we are going to answer it here and now. This question comes from Ross. The podcast regrets the error. Wow. What's your take on calling dense beds of kelp, quote, forests oh honestly good question would you ever consider covering bowl kelp (laughs) as a tree on a mainline episode they seem pretty rad to me i can answer that second question it's a no oh what we're not covering unless we do like ocean month i do really like the idea of a doing ocean month b just deciding yeah we're gonna call this kelp and we're gonna call this kelp a tree yeah c i kind of like the idea of uh going through all of that build up and be like, hey, Ross, no. Thank you very much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. <laughs> it's just the worst question answer there's ever been. Well, you know, Casey, speaking of culinary, yes. speaking of cuisine, rather, uh-huh. um, bull kelp is of, of quite a trendy what? Tr- trendy thing. Is to, that true? Right now, yeah. Um, there are companies making like bull kelp pickles. Oh, because bull God. kelp is not just like the sort of foliage, like this, the the wavy leaf leaf uh, part. Yeah. But like the part that it's attached to is sort of this fibrous, uh, crunchy, crunchy tube. So is that like the very base of it or is that yeah. like, cause I know there's like the big, the big like bladders that kind of fill with air. Yeah. And so the part below is, that oh, kind of the stalk okay. is harvested and cut into little rings because okay. it's hollow, right? Yeah. That's, that's true. Floats. Okay. Yeah. Um, and made people make pickles with it. I I bet it tastes great. Gross. It probably, it probably tastes gross. It probably tastes like a very salty pickle. Ugh. I hate pickles, Alex. Well, yeah, you're you're. This is not for you. It, it, that's very fair. So As, I would say this to somebody who writes us asking us to do this or that for the uh, podcast. Yes, okay. this is not for you. That I appreciate that. Oh, I see. Yeah, when someone's like, "You guys should really change your entire podcast to do something different." Yeah understandable okay well so i'm reading here uh this is from a let's see is this a good site this is called monterey bay aquarium and they say that the kelp forest so they do give it a a forest as a uh an epithet Uh uh-huh 
Then also says that they grow between 30 and 60 feet, about 10 to 20 meters tall. Starting to sound like a tree. I was going to say, sounds like a tree to me. I mean, what? We just did a tree that barely gets six, which is 20 feet tall. And why does that get to be on the podcast? Exactly. Why? Well, now, for a bunch of other reasons, but <laughs> well, yeah, well, we're not going to talk it. about those. So I've also, uh, it says that bull kelp is an annual seaweed, meaning that it grows from a spore to maturity within a single year. That blows my mind wow i want to cover this tree just because it sounds fascinating did i just say tree oh (laughs) um if you look at pictures of bull kelp forests casey yeah there do appear to be whole ecosystems of animals yeah living within these bull kelp forests much like a terranean forest yeah i was just gonna say now here is another question this says spores which tells me that this is more closely related to like an algae or something mm. rather than a traditional tree that has seeds. I think everything except for one thing which shall not be named because, well, one of these days we're certainly going to cover that, hmm. is a seed producer, not a spore producer. Right. Casey, let's, let's, let's move on. All right. What so, do you think okay. about this? Yes. Yes, they should be called forests. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Now, the one difference is, obviously, their mode of standing up is a little bit different, but their entire atmosphere is pretty substantially different than the one that you described as terranian, which I think is a very fair thing. So are we, should we discriminate based on the atmosphere that you live in? Ah, uh. Probably yes. <laughs> Are we going to? No. <laughs> Probably not. But let's see. Yeah, we'll we'll send it to our editorial board maybe, and then we'll mm. see if uh, if that deserves a full on kelp forest discussion. <laughs> Maybe we can do another not tree series and we can just cover things that are very clearly not trees because I, yeah. Yeah, we like to have a little fun. I do think we should have a, a some sort of oceanic month or something. Ooh, what would we cover? We already covered the, the mangrove, so that's out. Yeah, true. But huh. I will say we could maybe make some sort of compromise here Yeah, with the foresters mm-hmm. and say... We are calling this a lowercase f forest. Oh yeah, because yeah, we don't want to lose all of our all of our followers on that side. As opposed to a, we don't want to get canceled by the forestry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, we really don't want to be canceled by the forestry people. No. Um, so th- there you go. We're calling it a forest. Okay. Yeah. And will I, we cover it? I would say probably yeah. Yeah, I think I would I would lean towards that. If I really had to make a binary choice, I would say yes. I would not though, as you already noted, make that choice. Uh, explicitly one way or another. Because as you know, we tend to cover things on Patreon all the time, which is a best way to support this podcast, by the way. <laughs> wow, very, subtle. Very often, Alex, we do cover things that's like, well, I want to talk about this, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a technical sense, it does not meet our completely arbitrary standards. True, and the Patreon's a perfect platform to talk about those things. Wink, wink, wink. Exactly. Well, thank you, Ross, for your question. And we're very sorry that we missed it initially. We are very sorry. We hope we've made it up to you. If you have a question for us, join the Patreon, as Casey just said. At the $3 tier, that's the Quercus and Alder tier, Q and A. But if you want to support this podcast even more and get bonus content, bump it on up to $5, you get two bonus episodes a month or more. Depending on how many months we skip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how bad uh, mommy and daddy need to make it up to. <laughs> and above that, of course, is the crown jewel of our Patreon. 
the Cone of the Month Club. Every month we get a different artist to illustrate a conifer cone. We make stickers out of them, and we send them to you with a little info card. It's a lot of fun. Every month, can you believe it? And above that, of course, Arbitrary Plus, our live stream tier. So you get to see Casey and I talk, which is, you know... a. It's pretty fun. It's an experience for some people. We've gotten some comments like, wow, I had no idea you looked like that. And <laughs> I say, thank you. Yeah. It, wait, th- there's always a positive spin. <laughs> Above that, of course, on our Patreon is generous admission. It starts at $20. You can make it whatever you want. It is the most above and beyond way to support this podcast. But honestly, any Patreon tier supports this podcast. Listening to this podcast supports this podcast. Sharing this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, etc. supports this That's podcast. Right. Simply by existing, you are supporting this podcast. That is very true. But we also will take your money if you so choose to give it to us. It's completely up to you. <laughs> uh, Casey Clapp. Alex Croson. Thank you for this very interesting uh, conversation. I Absolutely. always get really jazzed when we talk about, um, you know, more cultural aspects of trees. Oh yeah. I would say specifically food. Um, just cause so many trees give us so much good food. They really do. Can you believe it? I can. I can absolutely believe it. Not, more and more every single time I do one of these shows, <laughs> honestly. Because I, I never, you never quite know exactly how much until yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. Let me ask you this, Casey. Uh-huh. What are you going to, what Indian food are you going to order tonight? Ooh, well, I might make some, but it depends on if I can get all these ducks in a row. Oh, wow. It would definitely be a... Uh, a paneer, because I love paneer. I think it's so good. So good. Yummy, yummy, Casey. Well, let me just say, bon appetit. Uh, thank you, Alex. Would you get anything uh, similar? I need to look at the menu. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> you are going to try something minute. new, aren't you? Yeah, this is right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. Hey, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Au revoir. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>